Nowadays, there's stuff, and there's stuff you don't need to know. A podcast that talks about geek and nerd culture and brings you the things that you want to hear about. Hey everybody, welcome back to Stuff You Don't Need to Know. This is Jay, and once again, we're taking a look at Episode 6 of Stargirl, entitled The Justice Society. And as always, there is going to be mild spoilers, but I really don't think I'm going to be ruining too much for you, so whether or not you've watched the episode, feel free to listen. So, we're really starting to pick up this season, um, you know, after last season, after last episode, I should say. The JSA, the new JSA, I should say, is really in place now, uh, you know, alongside Stargirl. Of course, we have Wildcat, Dr. Midnight, and Our Man, and Pop. Possibly stripe. It really remains to be seen. And you know, once again, we kind of get we kind of get like a last ditch effort here from Pat to really try to convince Courtney that she's in way over her head and she really needs to get back all the artifacts, you know, the the costumes and and all the equipment that she took from the JSA headquarters. She needs to get it back because really, you know, her and the kids really are not ready to do this in in his mind and in his opinion. And Courtney does kind of realize that because really one of the things that Pat does is he kind of plays the Joey card yet again. Of course, you remember a couple episodes back, Joey was the son of Mr. Wizard who was an unfortunate casualty really in Stargirl's kind of first First outing as a hero uh, killed by Icicle. So Courtney kind of takes it to heart and realizes that, yeah, maybe Pat is right. Maybe, you know, maybe they're not ready yet. So she goes back to school. And here's the thing, you know, getting these powerful artifacts, you know, the costumes, everything, becoming heroes, it's really affected all of them, especially, well, I, I don't want to say really, especially one over the other. I mean, she does go around one at a time. Uh, she talks to Yolanda first. Yolanda, you know, had done some research here um, about her, I don't want to say character, about her hero Wildcat, doing a Google search and looking up Ted Grant, who was the original Wildcat. She learns all about his boxing career, about how the fact that he he was accused of fixing a fight or throwing a fight and how it almost kind of ruined his career and still despite all that he he did mount a comeback and eventually went on to take up the mantle of wildcat and that's really the way yolanda looks at it it's you know she's not just a kick-ass hero she looks at it as this is a chance for her to reinvent herself if ted grant could do it then yolanda montez can do it as well so of course courtney is like well i can't take that away from her uh next she goes and she finds beth and beth of course is sitting alone in the library she has dr midnight's goggles on and you know she's really begun to bond with the AI inside of Dr. Midnight's goggles. Of course, the AI, uh, sorry, of course, the AI is Dr. Charles McNighter, uh, the original Dr. Midnight himself. And Beth has really bonded with it. Like, in fact, Chuck, as she likes to call him, Chuck has really become her best friend because like she says, you know, I mean, we can see it. Beth really just has uh, this insatiable desire to really talk and communicate with people and to learn and to ask questions. And she's very curious. She now has a friend in really the Chuck AI, let's say, inside the goggles that she could really bond with and listen to. Um, and it's not just, you know, I mean, this is a very intuitive AI. It's not just giving her facts and figures. Um, we see that when she's in the library, he's actually recommending books to her, books that, you know, he read when he was young. And they really do bond over it. Uh, she does kind of make a joke about his age when he says that he had the original copy of Fahrenheit 451. And you could see that, you know, the doctor 
Dr. Midnight Goggles have really become her best friend. So there's no way that she could take that away from him. Pat, of course, he is going to take on the responsibility of trying to get back the hourglass um, from the new hour man. And he really does it just, you know, by confronting Rick and just telling him he knows who he is. He knows who his father is and basically says, look, you're not ready for this power and, and awesome responsibility. And Rick really looks at it pretty much the same way that Courtney looks at it is that, you know, Pat was this sidekick. He was a sidekick to Storm Man. Uh, he was a friend to the JSA. He really, in the time since the JSA was eliminated and defeated by the ISA, he really hasn't done anything. He sat on the sidelines. He's kind of used the excuse of, well, the most powerful heroes in the world were taken down by the ISA. Who am I to go up against them? And he really kind of says, you know, you're... <laughs> you're kind of pathetic, you know, there's there's really no point to you at all. Courtney really does realize, though, that she does have to do this, so she finally confronts uh, Beth and Yolanda, and she really says, look, we're not ready for this, you've got to give me everything back, and both of them tell her no. You know, Yolanda, again, saying, this is my chance to become a new person, and Beth is really like, you know, I finally found a friend, you're not going to take them away from me. Um, You know, they kind of have a confrontation or a discussion, I should say, outside of school, when Dr. Midnight's um, actually, no, he's not alerted, like that Rick actually gets his father's old diary Rex's diary because Pat wants him to help. He's like, look, I can't translate it at all. Um, you know, maybe it's in code. None of this really makes sense to me. And again, you know, when Rick Rick gets the diary from him, is pretty much telling him, you know, what have you done? What have you done since the fall of the JSA? You've done nothing and you're doing nothing. You know, I could do this on my own. He takes the diary and he looks, he looks for the girls. He looks for his teammates. Beth tries to use the Dr. Midnight goggles, but even, you know, Chuck himself, you know, he's like, look, these equations and formulas they don't mean anything at all. But right then and there, he gets an alert. And the alert is that the ISA is on the move. We saw earlier in this episode, um, <laughs> Sportmaster and Tigress. But yet, we really don't know it's them yet. But in a way, we kind of do. Their daughter, Artemis, is the only girl on the football team. She's the best player there. She is... <laughs> a lot stronger than the boys, a lot more athletic than the boys, but the new football coach, and we find out the reason why there's a new football coach. The new football coach doesn't really agree. He doesn't like her attitude. He ends up benching her, and then we see later on, well, mommy and daddy will take care of the problem by eliminating the football coach, bringing in yet another one. Um, the gambler, who was a member of the ISA, uh, we see him pretty much running the day-to-day -day over at uh, the American Dream Foundation, comes to them and says, look, I got a job for you tonight. So apparently he's going to hack into a satellite system, and it looks like the two of them are going to run protection for him. Chuck's AI, the Dr. Midnight glasses, pretty much pick up on this, and, you know, Rick pretty much says, look, this is it. This is our chance. This is our chance to prove to ourselves, to prove to Pat, to prove to everybody that we can do this. And not only that, you know, he's still going off the fact that, look, the ISA killed my parents. I want revenge. You know, this is some guy called the Gambler, whatever. You know, we can handle him. And they show up to try to, to take down the Gambler. But what they find out is um, he's really hacking remotely from somewhere else. And in anticipating any problems, he, you know, dispatches Sportmaster and Tigress to pretty much run interference. Uh, when the kids show up, a fight breaks out. And Stargirl really, you know, tries to do her best to really have them operate as a team. And yet, you know, they all decide they're all going to go and operate 
opposite directions and do whatever they want because they feel we got all this gear, we got all this equipment, we can handle it. So Yolanda, uh, as Wildcat, tries to take on Tigress, and you know she does kind of hold her own for a little bit, but Tigress is you know a much more skilled fighter and has a lot more experience. It's actually a save from Doctor Midnight that you know helps her out, and it's it was kind of funny here because um, you know she shows up, she sees the fight happening, and she sees Yolanda losing, and she's like, Chuck, what do I do? And instead, you know, I, I thought, okay, the AI, the AI is going to kick in and, and you know, have her do something really impossible. <laughs> He's basically like, look, there's a fire extinguisher, use it. You know, she temporarily blinds Tigress and pretty much is like, run away, run away. Uh, you know, I really did enjoy that. Uh, our man decides to take on Sportmaster and he figures, no problem. I flip the hourglass, I'm strong for an hour. And yet again, not even really realizing who he's going up against. I mean, he thinks he's going up against the glorified Casey Jones. Of course, Casey Jones was the, you know, sport vigilante in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series. That's all he thinks that Sportmaster is, but Sportmaster is a very accomplished fighter and is not phased by the fact that, you know, this is the new Hour Man. Of course, he knows the original Hour Man. He knows uh, the powers and abilities, but he also knows, too, that this is an inexperienced kid, and yeah, it takes a lot more than strength to really win a fight, and, you know, the kids are, are really almost... <laughs> They're almost killed here. You know, Dr. Midnight, uh, Wildcat, and Hour Man are pretty much incapacitated. Stargirl is really with the Cosmic Staff trying to hold her own, but, you know, the combination of Sportmaster and Tigress proved too much, and it's really a save by Stripe, by Pat showing up in the Strite armor. Uh, that really kind of wins the day. And what we get here at the end is is really an understanding. Pat understands that, look, the ISA threat is real. He might not be keen about these kids taking up the mantle of the new JSA, but he realizes that the JSA is needed, and that they really, really need him. And the kids also realize, too, that Pat's just not a do-nothing guy. Uh, they're actually very impressed with the Stripe armor, and they realize that, you know, not only is he a member of the team, he's actually a valuable mentor, and they pretty much, um, it's a really good teaching moment where Courtney is kind of venting and saying, like, you know, they didn't listen to me, and, and nobody followed my directions, and I'm only doing this for their benefit, and, you know, Pat's just sitting there like, yeah, wow, that's horrible. Oh, wow, you mean you, you tried to give him advice, and they didn't want to listen to you, and... She puts two and two together, and she realizes that Pat really has been trying to help all along. Again, another great episode. Um, a lot more high points than low points, I think. Fighting, I thought, you know, this is really, you know, we don't really get a lot of action on this show, which is okay. It's it's very story-driven. It's very character-driven, and that's fine. Because, uh, again, you know, five, six episodes in... You know, we, we're establishing brand new characters. We're establishing a brand new world. We still have a lot of that golden age feel into it. You know, I mean, yeah, there's some bad things going on here. And, and, and we do see some tragic events. But it's still remaining pretty wholesome. And we do actually get a wholesome moment um, in this show. Uh, Pat's younger son, or Pat's only son, I should say, Mike, is having a science fair. Which, of course, you know, Mike kind of being Mike here, throws together at the last minute. And the thing is, is, you know, between Pat and, you know, his wife, Barbara, you know, they're like, well, we'll come, we'll come. And he's like, no, please don't come. Oh my God, it's going to be so embarrassing. Nobody's parents are going to be there. Forgetting he's in Blue Valley, Nebraska. And of course, every single parent is involved. So, you know, we get to the science fair and he's looking around and seeing parents galore and just all of them 
just loving their child's science projects, and he's really kind of looking downfallen and, and, and dejected when Barbara makes a save, and she comes in, and she's very, very interested in his thrown-together last-minute um, candy and chocolate volcano, uh, and they actually have a really, really good bonding moment, and, you know, again, it's really kind of keeping that wholesome sort of feel, you know, in the show that, you know, we did get some action, we did get some, you know, almost tragedy in this episode, but to see that they're still kind of keeping that golden silver age or golden age silver age feel in it I should say it's really really a good thing it was nice to see some more action it was nice to see you know the striped suit in effect um kind of looking at it though I, I I'm kind of torn on it uh I would like to see it be a little bit rendered a little bit better uh but that's just like a nitpicky thing um the fight scenes, again, were pretty good. I mean, we could see, you know, there was some wire work. <laughs> there was definitely some CGI thrown in there. But again, you know, given who, you know, given who the stars are, it's really not that big of a deal. It actually, if anything, the fact that the fights were, on the one hand, they were a bit dramatic. You know, there was some drama. There was some tension in these fights. The fact, too, that they were also kind of campy. You know, there was a lot of, like, talking and speech making during it, which kind of harkens back to, like, you know, that, that golden and silver age or, you know, Batman 66 and things like that. Um, Some of the moves that we saw, you know, both the heroes and the villains pulling off were a bit campy, but it was kind of nice to see. And I think they're really starting to kind of balance that out, you know, the really excellent storytelling and drama with kind of that camp and golden age, silver age feel to it. And, you know, I'm just looking forward to more episodes. Guys, thanks for listening. Do me a favor, head on over to Instagram. Stuff you don't need to know is there. I post pictures about the stuff that I talk about. This is Jay, and I'll talk to you guys later. Do you remember